Bloody Elbow presents The MMA Depressed Us, the show that features our trio of analysts watching terrible fights from UFC history or terrible combat sports movies and giving live play-by-play commentary. Hey, Bloody Elbow Podcast, Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Here are your hosts, Zane Simon, Connor Rebush, and Phil McKenzie. Cigar Page put together a great offering special for our readers. 60 G's, baby! The team at Bloody Elbow had some laughs thinking about those old-school UFC fight bonuses and how far some of those early fighters have come. The 60 G's baby deal from Cigar Page is five 90-plus rated cigars and a travel humidor. This is a value of $90 that Cigar Page is offering Bloody Elbow readers for $25. While that cigar culture is alive and well in the MMA community, it may not be your thing, and it also makes an awesome gift for the holidays. You can grab this deal today at CigarPage.com slash 60GsBaby. That's CigarPage.com 60GsBaby. Hey everybody, welcome back to the MMA Depressed Us with me, Zane Simon, and my co-hosts, as always, Connor Rebush and that's Phil McKenzie. Without the speeds. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Phil, I'm... I'm so glad that you uh, are, are joining us as always without ever having missed an episode. And I'm sorry yeah. you just couldn't be here for the, the entirety of the last episode. You know, it was really unprofessional of you to dip out, out after the first five minutes like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. What? <laughs> One of you has been doing your pitch perfect. Oh, it's Completely me. indistinguishable Phil McKenzie. Oh, it's Phil. It's Phil McKenzie. Oh, <laughs> from Doncaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who missed this? A person from Doncaster who has presumably hurt their back down yeah. the mine. Oh, I heard it working at Mill. Oh. oh yes, at Mill. Yes, <laughs> always at Mill. The only job in town, Mill. <laughs> Don't even know what you're milling up there, but it's a mill, all right. God damn it, they're milling a lot of it. Yeah, no, but Phil wouldn't miss a full episode. Reliable as the tides, death, taxes, and Phil McKenzie. That's what they say. Oh <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, this week. We we were trying to think we're gonna do Mojave Diamond soon, not this week, but we're gonna be doing that soon because every every holiday season we have to do one movie. Yeah. Usually they've all been Randy Couture movies, but Mojave Diamond with Rampage, Chael Sonnen, and Donald Cerrone is just. Uh, I think we're genuinely gonna see Donald Cerrone continue to grow as an actor. Probably, yeah. I'm sure he will be the best person in Mojave Diamond. The yeah, last I mean, movie we saw was it made me insane, but I had to admit many times. Cerrone, of all the MMA fighters I've seen in movies, he kind of understands what acting is. Yeah. Yes. And also, we've seen clips from Mojave Diamond, and we know that despite being both a yeah. giant faker and, like, yeah, well, basically just that, despite the fact that we know that he is a giant faker with some actual charisma, Chael Sonnen is a terrible fucking actor. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm looking forward to it personally. The way you know it, the tip off should have been the way he motor mouths through any any time he has to be on commentary or like mm-hmm. on the desk or anything like that. He just absolutely starts running a mile a minute. Yeah. That should have been the tip off. Like this is not a man who is going to like be able to do multiple things while on camera. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Not, exactly, not exactly gonna let the uh the the, the beats of the writing uh yeah. sit and sink in, is he? No. I also have been wanting and pressuring and uh will continue to do Let's so. not even mention that. Let's not even mention nah, that. Get out of here. <laughs> to watch Imanari's worst fights, but uh I keep getting overruled on that. So for now we're not oh, going to. Shame. In the meantime, today we are watching. Do, we're doing something else that I don't know. Seems to me is equally uh, terrible, which is we're watching the worst of Shogun's UFC run in a boy weren't they good in Pride special edition. That I think is that has to be the the uh, the title of the episode. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is because or the the other classic my my always classic pride t- transition title was I didn't know it could be in a cage because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well been... I mean we'll get into it I, I I gather from as long as we all have the the fight pass thirty one minute version of that fight yeah. pulled up we're gonna have time to get into the difference between this and the potential Imanari episode but. Um, I have yeah. something to say about that that distinguishes the two ideas for me. Sure. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be watching three of the three of the big misses of Shogun's UFC career at different points, beginning, middle, and end. Starting with Forrest Griffin versus Shogun Hua, his UFC debut. Beginning, middle, and end of his UFC career. So it's yeah. all post prime. All post prime. That's the idea, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to jump over to his fight with uh, Alexander Gustafsson, entirely skipping his short run as his short stint as champion. And then we're going to get get all the way to the end to to Shogun Hua versus OSP2, the last hurrah before we for, we're just going to forget that that Ihor Potieria fight ever happened. Yeah, and I'm also not sure that hurrah is an appropriate word, but yeah, the, la- <laughs> the last like hurrah a- would, would the- be the last hurrah, yeah, the last boohoo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Please. So on that note, if we've all got Forrest Griffin versus Shogun Hua pulled up, and we're watching I- all these on Fight Pass this time. Yep, we're watching all these on Fight Pass, as is our classic that we always the way we always used to do it. Starting at the beginning of each video, I'll count in three, two, one, and we all start on go. And Connor will tell you when the first round starts in case you're using another video source outside of this so you can sync it to the first round. Yep. All right. So, Forrest Griffin, Shogun Hua, UFC 76, starting in three, two, one, go. Now. We're going to get yeah. some some promo package here for us, Griffin, talking about how I want to fight that Shogun guy. Um, here's the distinction between this idea and your terrible, terrible Imanari idea, Zane. Yes. This is going to be depressing. Yes. No question. 
Sure. But in a way that has emotional content. <laughs> There's meat to this because I care. I'm actually like sad. I'm invested in Shogun as a fighter, as a character. This is a uh, this is a depression stew instead of the depression thin gruel that will. That's be a even. totally different kind of. That's a depression that has no emotional investment. I'm depressed because what I'm doing sucks. <laughs> if I'm watching bad Imanari fights, whereas here I, I'm pondering what has become of Shogun Hua. Right? It's yeah, it's, you know, and I, I hear that. But part of my point with this show is just to torture you. So, yeah, that's just the thing is like this will be, you know, unpleasant in a way that like gives us something to talk about. Yeah. Whereas bad Minari fights will simply be unpleasant. Yeah. That is no. right there, yes. <laughs> it's like the difference between eating like a very, very bad hamburger versus eating like sand. <laughs> that's not food. Yeah. That's not well, food, like, yes, Zane. Watching The Room as opposed to watching just a blank screen. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to look at a blank screen. to talk about. Yeah. It is true. It would I, make I really us sad. Feel I mean, you're like, right about that. It would I, I really do feel like, though, this is just making me want to do it more. So No shit. You're a sadist. But you yeah. got to think of the audience. Does the audience just want to hear us being like, <sighs> for like two, two hours? We'll find out. It's performance art, Connor. That's all. This is all performance art. <laughs> we won't have anything to say except for what a miserable time we're having. Look, if we I, do that, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent getting pre-recording some kind of soundboard of myself. Yeah, and then yeah. like doing other stuff, and then occasionally just coming by and like pressing the Phil McKenzie soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> shit. You could just use you could just use the Yorkshireman with back pains sounds that I've already given you. <laughs> Those are gold, yes. <laughs> oh, me back. <laughs> I'm, you know, look, I'm taking it all under advisement. I hear you. And someday we're going to do it. Yeah. We are going to do it. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just get ready for the Phil McKenzie soundboard. That this fight is worse than that time when that child got stuck up the chimney and we couldn't get them down. It stank for months before they eventually turned into a skeleton. Classic Phil joke, that one. That'll be on... Who are misses? That'll be on my soundboard as me just sort of agreeing with whatever canned jokes Mm -hmm. Phil is hitting the button for. Totally. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Too right, Phil. <laughs> oh, he has gotten another takedown. Shotgun's hairline really did <laughs> used to go all the way down to his eyebrows, didn't it? Yeah, look, look, Shogun at this time, he's a handsome man in a very distinctive way. Uh-huh. Don't look at the face he's making right now. That's not going to make the point. But No, no. No, but he, he, he was... Young, sexy Shogun still. I mean, look at the man's got like... He was, a handsome, he was a handsome man for a, for a pretty long time. It was just different kinds of, of handsome. I think only right at the end was he starting to look a little weird. He's got some romantic features, though, that Shogun. Mm-hmm. The proud nose, the strong brow. Ooh. Well, th- this is the thing, is that, like, this particular iteration of Shogun is one where I suspect he is not actually, like physically shot 
No, he's, he's just not. Tra- he's just not training. <laughs> like, oh, this is the thing. Is that he was. He was the BJ Penn of Pride, and that he, he probably ha- already had no cartilage in them at this point. But yeah, you're. I think also like he, the 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 classic like shoot to box was just he and his he and his friends and his brother beating each other up in a room like that was. I think yeah. like Wonderland and so on just like famously just worked a lot harder than Joken did. Like, yeah. He, he really like, and you can see like there's times when he's pissed off with himself generally because something like this happens, uh, where he'll suddenly come out looking just super ripped, and you mm-hmm. you know that he's suddenly taking it seriously again, and then he'll come out looking uh, flabby and awful again. And I don't think all of it is like because people are like, yeah, it's all his knees and stuff, and I was like, you know what, that it doesn't it doesn't track with the knee injuries the way he fights. I think. You know, by the time, like, basically by the time he wins the belt, he's definitely, like, he's lost, he's lost a whole bunch of stuff he's never fucking getting back by yeah. that yeah. point, whether it's injuries or anything else, but he's, he is very clearly not even close to the same guy I, he was. I remember ages ago, Phil, probably, like, when you and I first interacted around that time, you, uh, mm-hmm. you raised my eyebrows with the interesting theory that Leota Machida may have lost to Shogun. Because he wasn't aware of how shot Shogun was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, this is like a mobile kicker. And like between the first and second fights, Shogun had all lost yet just... another chunk of his of his vitality. Yeah. yeah. Well, and fighters is a fame, very famously tend to either dramatically overestimate or dra- dramatically underestimate their opposition. That is like yep. yeah. the really consistent thing in MMA is either showing up and assuming that the this guy that you're about to fight that nobody knows is just an absolute walkover and you didn't need to prepare for them at all. Yeah. Or assuming this person that you've been watching for years and years and years is a fraction of the fighter that they used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like even, you know, Patty Pimblet it against Tony Ferguson afterwards, you know, talking about what a legend Tony Ferguson is and how hard it was to fight him and all that, and it's just like, man, you just laid on this guy for two rounds unresistingly. This is not like... This, this was not a... This did not look like a challenge, except that you were so out of shape yourself that mm-hmm. you and couldn't... He, make and physically, he looked in... Um, Paddy looked in good shape. He's just, you know, he's just not very good at MMA. That is, there's that. I also think that the the constant weight weight bouncing is probably honestly taking a toll on his body in a way that he can't get back anymore. It's not even just it's not even just huge weight bouncing, like getting back to weight. His fighting Mm -hmm. weight must be like 25 pounds minimum below his walk around weight. Yeah. So it's yeah. losing just, all that just... excess poundage and then having to do a massive water cut at the end of that. Yeah, because some, something fucked up was happening to Daddy Pimblo for the over the years because I don't he was like a big 145, but now he's like he's a big 155. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I you Welterweight is probably in his future, but it might also just be like, um, oh, who's that one dude that uh, used to be pretty decent for a minute on like Strike Force and came to the UFC and fought a couple of really good fights and then had kidney issues so bad that he couldn't fight anymore? Brian Melanson? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I pull that name out of my ass. I don't wow. know. That is a deep cut. Well done. Well, yeah, he might just be. He might just end up in Brian Melanson or Melanson territory, where we just get. We're not that far removed from a point where Patty Pimblet just can't fight anymore. Yeah. Yep. I would um, not be at all shocked. Also, one of the things about this fight is that obviously, like, yes, Shogun looks young and handsome. Also, Forrest Griffin looks about as young I was and just handsome as say Forrest that. Griffin ever looks. Yeah. Tale of the tape, it was two handsome guys. You got Boy Next Door, Forrest Griffin, and then Supermodel well, Shogun Hua. Boy thought out of a glacier next door. Yeah, he's yeah, the, I was gonna It's say. mostly the ears that make him look goofy. He's he's a he's a good looking young man. He is. A, mm, he's, he's he's definitely got a he's definitely got a very pronounced simian quality. Yeah, it's, it's like a, there's a there's a Colin Hanksness. To it's him, not helped by him banging his chest at the moment, showing his teeth. Yeah, you, you guys are just. Give, this is. You know what this you is. Give this his is corner. You give Mike Pyle back there an organ to grind, and <laughs> <laughs> Forrest Griffin with a little fez. Steve, you know who Steve Mazzagatti looks like with the mustache? He looks like Alma Garrett's dad from Deadwood. Mm, yeah. Isn't he? Remember that like one episode, her like swindler yeah. ass dad. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I cannot believe. Okay, now Connor, hit the next part of the rebush soundboard. Shut up, shut like, up, shut up, shut up. He shut was up. also round in, one. He was in Rome. Shut up, yeah, shut up. Yeah, round one <laughs> is about to start. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Round one starts now. We got to get the Spartacus reference in now. We've had yeah, yeah, Rome. You've talked to us about Deadwood. Now it's time for Spartacus or The Wire. <sighs> I've watched no, it's almost too. always gonna. It's always always the Rome. It's like you know he yeah. was uh, Achilles Fostrum in Rome. I'm like, I haven't seen that shit, Connor. Uh, oh, I should. Okay, oh, this I is should, at least I a know, fun, I should, cool fight. I should reference the the Game of Thrones actors. Those are the British TV actors you people know. Shut the. Con- Connor, you yes, that is you true. You really are in your like. You need you need to find like a kid to foster or something so you can make. Make use of your Ro- Roman history obsession, dad energy. Yeah, that's very true. It's not even the period of history I'm most obsessed with. See, this is the kind of energy I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like Rome that much. I just thought it was a really well executed show. It is. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> you know, this is good this way. Uh, yeah, so far, it's fun. It's like. It's really sloppy, but and yep. neither of these guys can stop a takedown. Yeah. You've already demonstrated that both of them have terrible takedown defense. Yep. <sighs> I'm still having to deal with... Okay, are are either of you going to tell me that Brandon Royval versus Alexandre Pantoja was a really good fight, actually? No, it was pretty one-note. It was good. It was Thank fine. You. I didn't. It's not a bad fight, but it is ultimately defined by one guy not being able to stop takedowns or scramble out of bad positions. I thought it was just incredibly mediocre. Like, I wish it was gas like that, and Royval just having no ability to get out of anything. Just meh. You're you're stepping on the 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 discussion that Phil and I are going to have here, Zane. You wanted to do a recap. No, I just wanted to throw it in because we're watching people not defend good fighters not <laughs> defending takedowns. It just made me think of it. Yeah, I think that's the my my uh one of the weirdest archetype of uh 
fighter, I think, is the good offensive wrestler, terrible defensive wrestler archetype. Yeah. Like, I mean, shit, even Colby Covington falls into that category. He does. I mean, even before mm. last weekend, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, also everyone at Team Elevation for a while kept on yeah. into that thing, like Drew Dober and stuff. Um, yeah, obviously both of these guys. <laughs> uh, Forrest Griffin, not so much, but uh, who was takedown defense is so bad. How did Forrest escape that uh, ground, uh, that grappling sequence without getting knee barred? That is he, true. Or the or the half guard. Well, the deep, he's, the how, is, how is he going That's to right. how is he going to get Shogun down without the deep deep, deep path? This is stupid. What's happening right now? This is really just. <laughs> well, there's another one. Both Pretty of them having down. no put no setting other than run forward and throw things while running forward. <laughs> well, be fair. Forrest also has run backwards and throw things. I don't even think he has run backwards at this point yet. This is this is a pre-run backwards for Griffin. He hasn't unlocked that yet. <laughs> He's not. That's not. Like he the, hasn't evolved to that point in his skill tree. I do like that Forrest Griffin has this career where it's like he's beaten some shockingly good high-level opponents, and it makes you think like maybe he was. You know, maybe he's actually you know better and more capable and so on than than he actually looked. I mean, from a like physical standpoint, I'm not sure. trying to yeah. knock Forrest Griffin at all here, but they're like, Ooh. he really wasn't every man. He uh, just crunched Shogun with a left hook there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then he has other ones where he just fights these guys and he just gets absolutely smoked. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. no, he really is like he's where we are not. You're not overselling his. Uh, People aren't underselling how like his physical capabilities. He was just a very gritty guy who had uh, like a couple of very impressive overperformances. He was it, basically Jimmy Crute. Yeah, the Jimmy Crute of his day. A lot yeah, of effort much. could surprise you, pick up some good wins, but then every other fight you're just like, this guy is not good. It, it it's really it's I smoked. mean smoked. This is such a like. Fight, I think this this is a fight showing us like fighters really game they, they may not game plan a lot now but they game plan so much more than they used to oh yeah because mm-hmm. Forrest Griffin is is ultimately it's one of those do you have a game that you stick to if you do you're gonna beat Forrest Griffin but a lot of fighters just didn't Shogun clearly does not that's know? that's the Jimmy Crute thing too yeah, MMA native will take a fight everywhere. Fights really hard, but it's like if you're just pretty good at one thing and that's what you do to win, he's not gonna be able to stop you. Yeah, there's nothing Shogun is doing that Fourth Griffin is stopping Shogun from doing, but Shogun is just trying to take this fight everywhere, and so he's yeah. finding himself getting dinged every now and then. Going yeah. through. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like Forrest Griffin was actually one of the people to game plan and yeah. to, have come, to come out like which was a like a, a shocking thing to do it like heavy revolutionary yeah 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 because he came out with he came out against shogun he was like this guy has never defended a takedown i'm going to do takedowns well you know which it's is madness just that he's going through like frontal cortex development in front of our eyes Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. he's, he's uh, tossing the bone to... into the air. Yeah, slowly, exactly. Running, and it comes this down in the octagon. Discovering tools. Before yep. this fight, he discovered fire, and now 
you know, he's fired up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, he, and he's, he also saw, like, he saw Rampage, and he was like, this man has never defended a low kick. What if I yeah. do low kicks? And then he destroyed Rampage with low kicks in a very uh, tepid uh, fight that he, you know, came a, close to Establishing a, a tradition of incredibly blunt and one-note game planning that continues with pretty good results to this day. Yep. Mm-hmm. See Amanda Nunes, Juliana yeah. Pena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I... Juliana Pena invents the jab, a revolution. Yep. Amanda then, Nunes invents going southpaw. Invents southpaw, yeah. So jabs are now useless. That's right. <laughs> anyway, this fight is still pretty cool. It yeah. is. Uh, in, in the way that, like, fights where no one can stop anyone's offense in any form always are. And yeah. So the only thing for each guy to do is just try and drown the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, talking about Shogun's physical prime um, is, is like a much more depressing version of talking about Anderson Silva's physical prime. Yeah. Like, you watch this, you have no idea how much farther there is to fall for this match. Yeah. Well, this when is you... this is something that I'm gonna we're gonna be seeing in the Gustafsson fight, oh, right? Yes. Oh, because yeah. I've many times I've gone back to this one, is that like when I saw that fight, I was like, Man, Shogun is toast. And you just look at it once now. you've seen his modern fights, and you're like, Man, he looks young, he looks handsome, he looks fast, he looks durable. Yeah, I just well, realized we're gonna, to, we're gonna get to see that one immediately after this one. I think we'll enjoy yeah, yeah. the contrast fully. Yeah, I just realized I'm in the crowd for that one. Wow. Really? Yeah, He's... I was. I was there. I was at Shogun Gustafson. Well, unfortunately, it was too good for us to ever watch it on this show. But maybe we could peep me if we ever check out uh, Condit Campman too. There we go. I saw that one in Indianapolis. What kind of takedown was that, Shogun? I don't, I don't know. Sort of yeah, some kind of... an absolute bloody mess. Jeez. Really is a whoever is coming forward is winning automatically fight. Shogun's gas. Yes. He's just going to keep going forward. Yes. He's dead tired now. He really is. Yeah, the out of shape he thing is... is is yeah, I yeah. think probably the thing here more oh than anything. <laughs> it's, it's, we're not even. We're halfway through the second round. He is done. He is absolutely yeah. toast, isn't he? I think he came in out of shape, and also like, yeah, yeah. he's he's really bad at defending takedowns, and so he's had to just fight back in the most uh, energy sapping ways. And yeah, he's he's just absolutely toast at this point. And in the sort of another typical MMA fighter thing, I guess this is typical to some extent for all fighters, but because Forrest Griffin came in with brilliant game plan of I'm going to do takedowns, he has tricked Shogun into burning all of his limited gas tank going for his own takedowns. Yep. Yep. It's like, Oh, you do that to me. I'm going to do that to you. Yep. Oh, just <laughs> so tired. And yet, every jab he throws rocks Forrest Griffin to hell. They're brutally hard punches. Oh, just Lord. swimming for the ankle there. Like, oh. oh, my God. This became a heavyweight fight so fast. It really did. 
I forgot how bad how bad Jogan Gas is. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just remembered it being like you know a, a really violent fight, and then Shogun gets tired and Griffin chokes him out. I don't remember him being this knackered this early. Yeah. Less than halfway through, he is just he can't even bother to like keep his feet apart when he's moving. He just walks, lumbers around, <laughs> throwing telegraphed full power strikes. Yeah, I mean that. And yet, Alexandre Pantoja still mm-hmm. the champion. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that no, is... I'm not gonna be... <laughs> no, there is there is no real comparison. Uh, Pantoja no, is obviously a, a infinitely that. better grappler and so on, but yeah. It was a, it was an event though where it was like these are not championship performances from either of the mm-hmm. the title holders, but their opposition is so lost and unable to unready to compete mm-hmm. in a title fight, then it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about how flat the earth is. Hey, that's uh, that's star of Mojave Diamonds, Quentin Rampage Jackson. Noted flat I loved him in the Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> Noted flat earther. Oh, is he on that train too? Yeah, that that he just he's, he, the, he, he's that train and the midnight well that's how you know you've picked the right sort of uh, theory to explain the world is when noted deep thinker quentin jackson is uh, is agreeing with you yeah he did I'm an never... interview with brendan schaub where brendan schaub uh, unsurprisingly was befuddled uh just being his basic <laughs> sort of, state sort of his default setting yeah his default befuddledness brendan but schaub was confused had, had reason to be because Rampage was talking to him about how the Bible is the world's oldest history book and explains exactly how the world is in fact flat and nobody should make fun of anybody for describing the world the way the world's oldest history book describes it. Wow. Gonna go ahead and say, not true. (laughs) Not the world's oldest history book. Not of the many untruths in that statement. <laughs> Just right off the bat, definitively yeah. incorrect. Definitively incorrect. There's some very famous histories that are older than that. Yes. Also, it's not a, not a history book. It's not a, I mean, not it a does history have, book. It does is, Gilgamesh, is Gilgamesh the a history book? No. I hope so. That'd be cool. Yeah. Gilgamesh they find, has, like, Enkido's bones somewhere. Gilgamesh has like uh, 14 feet tall. It has aspects of history like the like the Bible does. It tries Mm -hmm. to be like an accounting of lineages of kings and things. But you know, we we got Herodotus, man. There's older histories than the Bible Mm -hmm. for sure. There's, I mean, even even there, just like hieroglyphics and things. Of course, but. No, yeah, that's weird. Like, you know, because I never, I never thought of, I never actually thought of Rampage as like a really stupid man. No, really? No, he's yeah. a dope. What are you talking about? It's I, no, just, I, 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 I never, I never really like not in that way. I thought of him yeah. as like not a, never thought of him as like a good person or anything. But like mostly, I thought that he was fairly kind of cunning. Yeah, really? I, I that. Yeah, like he—he's clearly a lech, and clearly yeah, he's a creep, and and clearly a brute in a lot of ways. But yeah, there has often seen like a a lot of his 
popularity was him kind of getting over at the expense of other people without them realizing it. You know, that's, that's social instinct, not intelligence. Yeah, I mean, I, depending, you know, it's a difficult concept to define. To be fair, intelligence. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm sorry, he just omoplata swept. Yep. <laughs> so gun is just that oh. is. Hey, that's that. I mean, that's that's also that's awesome because I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you know, you have to see like esoteric stuff working, uh, but man. Uh, there's that. So the show goes. Yeah, half, it's over for Forrest. It's like I heard, like Jack Slack was talking about, you know, the because how excited Rogan was to be able to call like rubber guard stuff when yeah. Tony, Tony again. He's like, it's mission control. And it's like oh, it's been so God. long since I've been able to say this. And it's like, yeah, you don't get to say that kind of stuff very much, much very more. Not sorry, very much anymore because yeah, it sucks and no one uses it. Yeah. I was I was I've been talking for the last week about how like I feel it's just kind of damning of Tenth Planet that like mm-hmm. they gave Tony Ferguson a ground game that has deteriorated in a way that most most jujitsu games do not fall apart the way Tony Ferguson. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was we talking I was talking about this with Connor. It was yes, it's just like how is he so like yes, most old fighters are at least good at jujitsu because they have to be. We're going to yeah. equip you with a skill set which requires that you have the healthy body of a 28-year-old elite athlete. No. Yeah, that's probably not a good skill set. Jiu-Jitsu would not be the uh, the default martial art of libertarians if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also a sport which it's also a sport which destroys your joints. Yeah. So like anyone who trained that style who fought in that style quickly has to try and find, has to try and learn something else apart from Tony Ferguson's like, who is Tony just like, Ferguson. what if I tried doing the athletic stuff harder? God. Yeah, but there are a lot of avenues in the broad world of uh, BJJ that you can you can uh, follow as you age that just Tony doesn't have access to. Mm-hmm. Or Shogun, for that matter. Yeah. He's just he's just sleepy at this what point. Is, uh, what is what oh, is Griffin is in half guard right here. I mean he's he's yeah. I mean he's in trying for the deep half sweep. That's oh, wait, right. Oh, somehow wait. he got out of it. Wait, how did he get out of that without getting swept or leg locked? <laughs> Crazy. It looks almost looks like he's pounding Shogun out and is about to get a really naked joke. No. Ah, Shogun's ground game. <laughs> One of the best. <laughs> One of the best memes of uh, this particular era. <laughs> Not that he wasn't like very impressive from the top. Oh, and yeah, that's it. Oh, the the, the celebration is so good. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this, man is, this man is not Simeon at all, Connor. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> celebrating like he just speared a mammoth. Man just invented the wheel, right? That's the face of a man who just invented the wheel. He tried the square. He tried yeah. the triangle. Finally, he's gone for a circular shape. And it rolls. <laughs> and it rolls. Uh, Good lord. He has a funny walk, Forrest Griffin, doesn't he? he? It is, he, he is, is a the, goofy he is, dude. He is just one of the most pro-magnon people I've ever seen. Just... Yeah. Forrest Griffin must have been in some movies. He's got some charm. Is he? A, is he in a? 
he might be an okay. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he would be bad performer. I, I think um, exactly in the same boat as every other fight, fighter we think that of, where you like. Yeah, well, the inability to read is going to hurt his yeah, performance, yeah. certainly. But <laughs> I remember I watched the uh, top 100. Uh, they were for UFC 100, they did the top 100 fights of all time uh, video. Uh, and yeah, they had like Forrest Griffin looking back on this fight, and he is—he is a very charming dude. Oh yeah, no, uh, I mean, he's still, like he's him, him just being like him just being like, oh god, it's the celebration. As he says it. He coming. still is. I mean, shit, you see it yeah, in yeah. the like commercials they cast him in the UFC commercial actors. When still. he's like, the, they put him like opposite Dominic Cruz, and they're both reading from the same script. Mm-hmm. You're like, one of these guys is a person who is charming. Yeah, no, yes. Dominic Cruz is. Whatever charm is, Dominic Cruz is the proof of it because you can see the, you can sense the lack anytime he speaks. Anytime he appears, you're like, oh, wow, that person doesn't have charm. I'm telling you, folks. All right, they're going to, you know, Steve Mazzagotti with the mustache. Look up Otis Russell Deadwood. Uh-huh. He looks just like him. Oh, I'm still just shocked that this guy isn't in Rome. Paul <laughs> Spartacus. Blood and Sand. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Are we moving on to the next one? I'm assuming we're not yeah, you... watching Forrest's post-flight speech. No. Okay. Lovable though he is. Moving yep. right along. Mr. Forrest. I'm also glad that you're not here in a maybe, well, actually probably still genuinely is a better era of lightweight, but a yeah. at least a more physical era of lightweight where you would have got fucked up. And he, he, he was before. absolutely the the last the, the last sort of representation of the everyman MMA era before mm-hmm. like you really actually had to be a, a pretty good athlete to rise up the ranks. Yeah, like, oh, genu- like, so genuinely impressive that he beat people like, like people like Rampage Jackson and, and Shogun who are who Shogun, completely yeah. physically outclassed him. Yep. And I think we can console ourselves with the knowledge that uh, I think Forrest's probably doing okay. Oh yeah, no, he's. I mean, he he was. You know, Dana White for like five minutes, ten years ago found a soul and was like, I should give jobs. I don't know. I think it was probably Joe Silva's. It was, he had to pick it up off the ground, but you know, a dirty one. Yeah. Not the best soul, soul, but he found one. What's this? Yeah. And he decided that he needed to give his old, the fighters that had really stuck by him for years, jobs. Yeah. And he gave Chuck Liddell a job and Matt Hughes a job and Forrest Griffin a job. And Forrest Griffin is the only one who actually did any work at all and is now like he still has his job with the UFC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's still running like part of their production staff running stuff. Yeah. And has leveraged that into being a pretty successful commercial actor. Yeah. Does commercials is working fight cards all the time. Is there like running 
fighter meetings and things like that. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he definitely had a head on his shoulders. Once, once he discovered, like, you know, how to wear clothes and mm-hmm. to cook food and things like that, mm-hmm. he evolved really pretty quickly. <laughs> He's practically. I'd go so I'd go as high as Homo habilis. Yeah, yeah. All right. Shogun Gustafson starting in three, two. Wait, I forgot to refresh. <laughs> oh my god. Wait a minute. I I I'm actually also gonna refresh just in case. Yeah. He did this. <laughs> I guess it takes a guy smart enough to appreciate shows like HBO and Rome and <laughs> shows <laughs> like HBO. Yeah. No, shows. <laughs> Real genius. Real genius over here. Hang on. The show I'm not going to mention was like Stars or Cinemax or something. <laughs> the other one. You guys keep egging All me. Right. To mention. Won't Starting play. in three, two, one, go. Personally, I watch Rick and Morty and listen to Tool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Millennial brand rep. I I believe <laughs> Phil and I are both actually slight uh, tool revisionists. I think yeah, we share I, basically the same opinion, which is very annoying. Wouldn't want to listen to a whole album, but yeah, they have some good songs. I, don't, I really I really like Tool, but they are yeah, some good songs. For I, I also I actually, gen, I actually have genuinely enjoyed Rick and Morty, uh, but yeah, it is. They are both like famously uh, liked by wankers. Don't know what that says about me. I won't argue with you about that. First two seasons and change of Rick and Morty. Funny show. I have barely. I I can't watch Rick and Morty because it is too vulgar for my wife. And she's just like immediately like turn this shit off. I don't want to watch it. Like she just finds it annoying. She lives with you. Hmm? She lives with you, though. Yeah, I know. But. I apparently, I, feel, I apparently I run that cup right to the limit. Okay, all you right. know, ah, uh, that does make sense. So there's no, yeah. no more she can take. Yeah. But also, uh, but she's also fine with the cyberpunk films with people's heads turning into guns and what. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she actually really. I don't want it. to watch this vulgar thing, but this uh, uh, '90s homage by this slightly unknown director to, like, Tetsuo the Iron Man 2. Is, is, is okay. in an enigma. Here we go, I, folks. Round one is about to start. Now. One of the things that she's always calling me is just like, oh, you know, you, you know how, what I want, or you know how I feel about that. I'm like, babe, I have no clue. You actually have to tell me, because I, I can't. I can't actually track when you're going to find something. Yeah. It's like she's made the mistake of thinking that you like listen to her or like pay attention to her wants and needs. No, 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 no. It's just the line between enjoyable to intolerable for her is whisper thing. She's like, I have to go to the bathroom. You're like, stop nagging me. (laughs) God. Oh, yes. As, as I said previously, somewhere in this crowd, Deep half, deep half, knee bark. That's right. There it is. <laughs> oh my god, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Got it. <laughs> deep half. Fight's over. Wait. 
<laughs> to be honest, that did a lot more than I would have expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nice knee. Does show know, gas in this one too? This is the now show starting to actually really betray him. But yeah, yeah. Zane, minimize, make your video smaller. You're turning into a robot man. You don't get to watch a big version of this video. In small end. Yeah. Oh. No, still sounding, still sounding like a robot. Better? Yeah. Use this as a barometer. Keep the video about the size of your wife's regard for you. Hey, well, you need to be able to see. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Slightly larger. Ooh, the pink dots just with the pink and blue dot just <laughs> got the slightly darker pink and red dot down. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, wow, you sound crystal clear, Zane. <laughs> yeah, this really was an era of nobody. There really were a lot of years where nobody could defend anything at all. Yeah, that's weird, because yeah. like, by this point, Gustafsson was generally a pretty decent wrestler. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is post-Phil Davis Gustafsson. That was like yeah. the turning point for him. Mm-hmm. He, he would win. He, after he won this fight, he went directly to fight John Jones. Oh, my God. He really did leverage this into a title shot, didn't he? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this was, again, this was Shogun's first fight after losing to Jones, right? Was it really? No, it can't have been. Can't have been. He must have had something else. I'll, uh, I'll probably try. like four. It was probably like his Griffin rematch or something. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey, Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.